0: So, Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord for his good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, His love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, His love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, His love endures forever. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Holy Gospel is written in the 12th chapter of the Gospel of St. John, beginning at the twelfth verse.
1: Glory be to thee, O Lord.
0: The next day, the great crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it. As it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the world has gone after him. This is the gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise be to the Lord. Christ. Amen. In 2004, I was on a bus Traveling from the center of the city of Chengdu in China to the airport. I was with my son and with a student friend of his. And as we approached the airport, for a reason which I didn't know then and cannot think of today, his friend asked me, uh, Why did Jesus die on the cross? Now, being almost at the airport, I said, well, there's two answers to that question. One is a long answer, and one is a very short answer. We have time for the short answer. The short answer is, Jesus died for you. And I didn't say any more. and I left it with her. And I have no idea what went on in her mind before or after. But it's a simple focus for today's service And a way of moving into this Holy Week. What does it mean that Jesus died for thee, pour toi, the personal French, you, as well as us, together? You might like just to take up your blue communion book and turn to page 14. 14. Because it's there in the words of administration of communion that we find these words come twice. The top of page 14. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was given for thee, preserve thy body and soul unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for thee and feed on him in thy heart by faith with thanksgiving. And again, when you receive the cup, if the words are used in full, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ shed for thee. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for thee and be thankful. They help us, these two words, think about Holy Week. Last week, we thought about Gentiles coming to Jesus and Jesus talked about the glory of God and John talks about Jesus glorified on the cross the king on the cross today the reading is about Jesus the king on a donkey or as someone with a twinkle in his eye last week said to me Jesus as king riding a Boris bike But I want to draw your attention to verse 16 from our gospel reading. If you have it open before you, uh, John 12, verse 16. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Four simple things that verse says to me. It begins with an initial puzzlement, and I'm grateful to that. At first, his disciples didn't understand all this. What is this about, a king coming into a city on a donkey? Secondly, they gained a new perspective through the cross and the resurrection. Like when you go to the opticians and they give you a new lens to look through life becomes clear. And that was how it was for them. The lens of the death and the resurrection of Jesus gave them clarity and focus in understanding who this Jesus was. This resulted, thirdly, in the disciples reviewing the way they read the Old Testament scriptures. It became a quarry for new meaning for them in the light of Easter. And fourthly, it made sense of what they'd done that day. They looked back and said, yes, that's what we did to him. We put him on a donkey. As though they're saying, maybe the Lord was doing more than we thought on that day when he came into Jerusalem. This Holy Week presents me, us, with attention, both spiritually and liturgically Firstly, it gives us the traditional liturgical reticence of Holy Week. We don't say "Hallelujah" in Holy Week. We don't use the Gloria" in Holy Week. The decoration of a church is more subdued, traditionally, in Holy Week. Instead, we are retelling the sufferings of Jesus with the failure and the rejection of God's people from the Old Covenant and the failure and betrayal of God's people, the disciples of Jesus, in the New Covenant. It's a, an awesome week of uh, failure in many ways, we should say. And therefore it's right that we ponder some things of the failings of the Christian church, our church, You may have read the words of our Archbishop giving testimony to the child abuse inquiry. He ends up by saying this, I want to put it on record again. I don't know how to express it adequately. How appalled I am and how ashamed I am of the church for what it did. He's particularly focusing on something in Chichester Diocese, but it applies elsewhere where clergy have abused The trust given to us and the church is ashamed of that and should be. It's also about the failure of our own discipleship and our own personal shortcomings. We who name the name of Jesus know that we also fall short. To quote a phrase from this current year, 2018, it was not just back then that disciples betrayed and let down Jesus. It's me too. We also let our Lord down. And Holy Week is a way of remembering something of that. And thirdly, it's a way of pondering a world of suffering. And of course, as we talk to each other, we know that suffering comes close to us as well. It's not just a long way away. There are many ways in which our lives experience Suffering. So one way of pondering Holy Week is a very awesome, uh, I can't quite think of the right word, but kind of a measured, self-reflective kind of way. But the other is the one that comes to us through that reading from the psalm. The psalm which is the last of a series of Passover psalms, 113 to 118 used as a celebration in the family home of the great deed of redemption, which was the Exodus. And in that psalm, we have gratitude bursting out all over the place. It's rather like that uh, book of Corrie ten Boom, you may remember it, uh, in which he talks about being in a German prison and learned the grace of Gratitude. Not grateful for the prison, but grateful to God in everything, including being in prison. And this psalm is bursting out with gratitude to God. The um, First opening verse, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. There's a kind of eternal unchangingness about God and his love for us which draws from us gratitude. And the psalm goes on by talking about joy and gladness, verse 24, rescue and salvation, verse 25, blessing and illumination, verse 26 and 27. And to go back to the gospel, which quotes that psalm, the gospel, verse 13, the word Hosanna kind of summarizes it my granddaughter in Scotland was hoovering the carpet with a Dyson vacuum cleaner recently. And in her beginnings with the English language, she said, I'm hoovering. I don't think Mr. Dyson were very pleased, but we we know what she meant. And the interesting thing is the word hoover has of course been a, a transition from the name of Mr. Hoover to become a verb. I'm hoovering. And the word Hosanna Is a bit like that. It's a word that's transitioned from being um, a prayer, save, help, save me, Lord, to an acclamation of Saviour, Hosanna. If you'd like, hallelujah, what a Saviour. It's that kind of word that begins as a prayer in Psalm 118. Lord, save, but is becoming a proclamation to the Saviour, Hosanna, hallelujah, what a Saviour. Some of you will know King's College Chapel in Cambridge, not only from the carol service, but by walking inside it. You have to pay these days to go in, sadly. On the floor of King's College Chapel is a diamond-shaped brass plaque with the initials CS 1836. It refers to Charles Simeon, who was a don in King's, a famous preacher in Holy Trinity Church, and a wonderful model Christian, in my mind. The year was 1778, and as a young man, Charles Simeon was sent up from Eton to Cambridge, and in the early days of his time in college, to his horror, he learned that he was obliged to receive Holy Communion. In his diary he wrote, What must I attend? On being informed that I must the thought rushed into my mind that Satan himself was as fit to attend as I, and that if I must attend, I must prepare myself for this important event. And I continued with unabated earnestness to seek out and mourn over the numberless iniquities of my former life. And so greatly was my mind oppressed with the weight of them that I frequently looked upon the dogs with envy, wishing if it were possible I could be blessed with their mortality and they be cursed with my immortality instead. A fascinating sense of his awareness of needing what Holy Week provided for him. But he then says, in Holy Week, I was reading a book which said, in effect, that the Jews knew what they did when they transferred their sin to the head of their offering. The thought came into my mind, what? May I transfer all my guilt to another? Has God provided an offering for me that I may lay my sins on his head? Then, God willing, I will not bear them on my own soul one moment longer. Accordingly, I sought to lay my sins upon the sacred head of Jesus and on the Wednesday of Holy Week began to have a hope of mercy. On Thursday, that hope increased. On the Friday and Saturday, it became more strong. And on the Sunday morning, Easter day, April the 4th, 1779, I awoke early with those words on my heart and lips, Jesus Christ is risen today, hallelujah. From that hour, peace flowed in rich abundance into my soul. And at the Lord's table in our chapel, I had the sweetest access to God through my blessed Saviour. the joy of Holy Week as well as the failure of Holy Week and our response to the Lord in Holy Week. Simeon went on to do wonderful things. There was a famine in the Fens. He was the first one there with people to help. He was a great preacher who taught the Christian faith. He sent missionaries out all over the world and he bought up patronages and got vicars into parishes all over the country who would do the same I wonder what Holy Week will do for you this year having talked about Jesus dying for us what will we do for him he gave his body for us how will we give our bodies for him in response the Archbishop of Canterbury in a happier mood writes in his new book Reimagining Britain foundations for hope about his burden for our country a call for us to care for our country a call for the conversion of our country and he talks about Brexit risks becoming not just an exit from the European Union but a British introspection xenophobia self-pity self-regarding leading to international impotence he argues that the UK is at a political and moral tipping point and he urges us to be involved with our country and pray for its well being maybe that can be the outcome as we bear the burden of our country to our Lord through this holy week but if you look back to our communion service as we shall read later on pages 12 and 13 There's those lovely words in what's called the consecration prayer. Which, by the way, if ever you feel like uh, praying that prayer with your eyes open and watching what I do with the bread and the wine, that is what you're supposed to do. You can pray the first bit on page 12 with your eyes shut, but you're supposed to open your eyes on the top of page 13 and watch what's going on and be reminded of a body broken and of wine poured out. But the words are significant. You remember at the feeding of the 5,000, like any other domestic meal, Jesus took bread, thanked God, broke it and gave it. That's what you did. But the difference is here in the service when there are words and the words come, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This cup is shed for you. In fact, it's not just for you, those last three lines. My blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. So it's for you, for many, for forgiveness. It's a wonderful gospel missionary statement of what we're about as Christian people. So there's an awful lot of things in these uh, words in our, in our service and so over the page page 14 the words of administration there are four steps there which you might want to ponder there's a proclamation of good news the body of our Lord Jesus Christ given for thee there's a personal holistic blessing preserve thy body and soul unto everlasting life it's why communion is a very good moment to pray for healing It's good that we bring the whole of our lives with us to communion because the body of Christ is preserving us for the whole of life. There's an exhortation to action. Take, eat, don't think about it, take it and eat it. Something to do in remembrance that Christ died for thee. And there's an invitation to trusting gratitude. Feed on him in thy heart by faith with thanksgiving. The word Eucharist means thanksgiving and that's what we're doing at that moment. Hallelujah, what a saviour. Hosanna, it's that kind of word. So in this Holy Week, I wonder if we can do as the disciples did and learn by doing, verse 16 of the Gospel. They realised what they had done to Jesus. They learned as they reflected on what they'd done. And we in this sacramental action that points backwards to Holy Week, we regularly repeat these actions and respond to these words and they become embedded deeply within us. We might say they are more embedded, they are deeper than dementia. They are helpful to those who are dying or frail because they're familiar. And they also are familiar and important for us. They equip us uniquely for a week ahead to serve in this world because by this good news, we've been enabled to live in the world to come. Oh, and by the way, on Easter Day, do be ready to enjoy Hallelujah. We're not going to use it today. We shan't use the glory today, but come Easter Day. Amen.